I am sending you a voice message. Um, it is raining, as you may know, and I'm really bored. And I hope that you're doing well. And I want to know if you wrote any more poems um, or had any further thoughts on that. Let me know. Okay, bye. I'm sending you a voice message. It is raining. Ah, work. Work sucks. I know. I've got a two-hour meeting that will go all the way until 6pm. Um, I haven't written any more poems, which when you say it that way sounds like, uh, what the kids in Matilda call a poem. She taught us with a poem. A poem? How sweet. What poem would that be? Mrs. D, Mrs. I. Mrs. S.S.I. I don't know, I've been thinking more about, uh, about what my value in writing poetry is. Whether there is any value, whether it's more of like a... It reminds me of Tokipona, uh, which was a conlang that was... I think I told you about it. It's conlang written by someone to, to record their thoughts. And in that sense, I guess I'm just thinking, does poetry have a me meaning for me in terms of like me for personal reasons rather than serving the world, if that makes sense? And I'm sure you're going to be like, yeah, that's like like billions of poets have already... In trillions of poets have already figured that out and I'm nuts. Um, that poetry can serve multiple purposes. But I haven't written anything. I mean, like, words can flow through me like I am a walkie-talkie, as was written by Das Racist, but I haven't written anything recently. I've been make busy making some crosswords for your better half instead, because um, he hasn't been doing it for me. But I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Have you written any poems? Who is Das Racist? <laughs> is that a real person? Oh my god. Um yes. No, I have to. I have to because I'm in a workshop and I I have to write a poem a week to a prompt. And this week I had to write a dramatic monologue, which I keep forgetting what that is, but I was reminded that it's like you take on the voice of another speaker and then you write as them. Um and I also had to use this crazy ass rhyme scheme um yeah so I decided my speaker was going to be uh, a drunk chick at a wedding who really didn't want her best friend to get married so I've written that poem uh I'm not sure it's any good but I have no choice but to submit it to the teacher and the group for feedback these things have time limits I didn't realize that um to our meeting uh, no just no oh my god close the computer um do anything else literally anything else you don't you don't have to i absolve you from work like i was a walkie-talkie all i do is open up my mouth and just rock see you you are not me me i am possibly everything plus everything that is not me jokes that is not t are you are you are you understanding everything do you got me Thank you for your absolute ab absolution, absolvement. Thanks for pardoning me. Unfortunately, I have to go to the meeting. It's I have to. It's just that's how work works. Work work. <sighs> and I think having time constraints is good for poem because then first first thought best thought get it out there get that feedback and then they say bad good and then you say okay and then you fix it and then you iterate. I think that's that's my 
That's my. That's how I write poetry so far, from my two. What you got on this weekend? This weekend, uh, tomorrow appears to be sit in a house and feel sad about the rain day. And Sunday might be seeing some girlfriends in the park. Um, I'm so sick of being outdoors. And I want to sit in a place with a roof where people will bring me hot drinks and talk to someone without moving. This is my fantasy. Are you in that meeting because just close the computer? Just walk away. What are they going to do? They can't eat you. They can't do anything. They're fucking squares in a screen. Just leave. When you were like, I'm so sick of being outside. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, we sit indoors all the time, every day. And you're like, no, specifically in relation to gathering for social purposes. I was like, ah, yes, that makes sense. They forgot to share their screen for half of it, but I didn't care. And eventually they were like, oh, you couldn't see what we were looking at. And I was like, no, nope. it didn't change anything at all. But that's it, baby. It's Friday. I'm going to send you this poem. I feel a bit like I might be pushing poem stuff on you. But uh, I think, look, I think it's pretty terrible. But I think that that's maybe a good thing to share. Okay. This was possibly a bad idea to begin with, and now it's a terrible idea. This is, this is the poem. <sighs> Let me just tell you one thing, and hey, for the record, I have had a lot of rosé and two vodka tonics and some gin, but I love you, and I need to say you deserve so much better than him. No, babe, I'm sorry, he makes my skin crawl. I know everyone here thinks I'm a bitch for saying it, but we all know he's got no chin. He's like a hundred years old. He's not even rich. No, I'm not finished. You can totally ditch me if you want after this. That's up to you. That's all I have to say. Except also, which one of us is actually more important? Who's always been there? Who will you come running to? Because I won't always be waiting around. Babe, just tell me, what am I expected to do? I don't think it's terrible. I think it's, well, I mean, you're working within constraints. Like, it's clear that there's a, a rhyme scheme going on. The constraint of, like, rhyme, I mean, this, I mean, this is just my instinct. It, it can almost feel like ch children's book to me, right? Like, the inevitability of it and the fact that there's no complex, complex rhymes like you see in, like, say, rap or hip-hop, which I realise I'm relating music to poetry, but just the kind of inevitability of, like, it almost feels plodding like, that's just how I feel about, like, this da 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 I mean, some of the way that you split lines across and, like, the sentences across the lines makes it interesting, especially in the reading, but still, I guess this is also drifting into the spoken word. No, don't even talk about the blasphemous spoken word. No, keep, keep sending me the poetry stuff. It's, it's only... I definitely have a, um, a bit of an obsessive-compulsive thing about me like historically historically as if i've been around for centuries but like i definitely get fascinated with things for a while and at the moment poetry is interesting like it's more of just a fascination of like what is this thing i'm um, trying to figure out is there is there a space for it in my life is there a space for me in poetry which of course the hands gonna be like of course welcome everyone come in join have fun um but uh just trying to figure out like what what can it be what should it be what shouldn't it be? 
What can't it be? What hasn't it been? Oh, and I'm sure you're going to turn around and be like, well, here's some of the best poems of all time that have rhyming schemes that manage to, like, transcend the uniformity and the inevitability and instead, you know, leverage the, the form to do all that sort of cool stuff. I mean, send them through. The good thing about poetry, it doesn't take, take long to read them. I mean, it might take you more time to think about them, but send them my way. Yep, no, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to find a fucking great poem and blow your mind. This is one of my very favourite poems by Elizabeth Bishop, a famous lesbian who lived in Brazil, even though she was American and really sad, drank a lot. Um, I tend to not be able to read this whole poem without crying. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. And um, it's a villanelle, which I had to, because I have no memory, I had to Google just now, what rhyme scheme is One Art by Elizabeth Bishop? Uh, I'll see if I can get through it all in like one of these messages. One Art. The art of losing isn't hard to master. So many things seem filled with the intent to be lost, that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day, except the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster. Places and names and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch and look, my last or next to last of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities. Two lovely ones, and faster. Some realms I inside. Write it like disaster. And yeah, but that that's one of the reasons I hate that poem that I wrote is because the rhymes are so fucking simple and I'm making these horrible compromises with the line breaks to try to get a rhyme in. Like it's it's really it's a really it's a failure. Um, yeah, but thank you for a very generous, very generous reading. See, that, that is a nice poem. That I think is a nice poem because of the content and the meaning and the context. Um, for me, the, the structure, I guess, lends itself to the, like, the repetition means more than anything else. Like, the, the flow of it. I guess that's where value comes. Like, if, there's, if it helps you convey the, you know, a sensation of, you know, incessance or... Um, or, you know, waves or, or, or kind of, you know, a status, you know, that kind of the feeling of it. I guess using it as a tool makes sense to me. But but I guess, like, the difference between that poem and the poem you're writing is that the scope of yours is, a well, some would say a little smaller in that there's one loss compared to many. Also, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I guess when you think about it, like, a poet writing a poem as the poet has the ability to write like a poet whereas a poet writing a poem from the perspective of someone who is not a poet like i writing in voice they won't use flowery language so also like the rhymes that you're using it makes sense that someone's not speaking like you know complex prose and metaphors throughout and is more just voicing their feelings so i don't know i think i mean who knows what your, what your feedback will be on your actual 
when you submit it or read it or whatever. Also, how about that news, baby? We're going to get out of lockdown. Y'all can buy that, us that dinner. But also, you can finally have a coffee under a roof, a concept that has been around for millennia, but now only can be experienced. What, uh, what's your vibe? Do you want another poem? Do you want to write a poem now? <laughs> Do you want me to send you another one? I don't want to be, like, giving you homework. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're very, very kind to to draw parallels between my idiotic workshop poem and one of the greatest poems of all time. <laughs> also, I have actually never thought about the fact that using repetition in that poem one art kind of underscores the fact that she's losing stuff over and over uh so that is very uh illuminating thank you for that extra context why do we have to pick when you're taking us out but then last time it was your recommendation which we ended up footing the bill um which sounds negative when I put it that way, but that's just what happened. Can you arm the bill? Can you hand the bill? I don't know. Um, I'll talk to Lauren. We might have a... We'll go figure out a suggestion. If Leonardo's existed, we'd 100% say we should go there just for the symmetry of pizza with friends. I'll see what she says when she gets home in 20 minutes. It'd be nice to go out again. Um, I just listened to your 150th episode with your friend. He sounds very interesting and excellent. And... This whole workshop thing interests me, but it, you know what it reminds me of? It's that there's a small voice in the back of my head that's like, that sounds like paying for improv. Danger, danger. Not in the sense that like paying for anything is bad, but like the idea that it's a, in the same way that I've always treated these, these potential peripheral hobbies of mine, like it's a big hole that I can fall into. How much do I want to commit? But it does sound interesting. And I think also what interests me the most is the constraints. Like I think I've already said in the past, like the idea that, You've got homework. You've got to go write a poem. It doesn't matter how good or bad it is. Just just write it and get practicing such that spending time with the content means that you become better at like noticing rhyme in poems. I'm trying to gauge, like my phone sometimes doesn't show how long these voice messages go for. And so I'm trying to make sure that these are like the tweet sized versions of a voice message here while I stir this chicken for dinner. Like makes me think about like the if I had more time I'd written a better poem, but then like if I had more time, then the message wouldn't have been succinct and as just off the top of my dome, if that makes sense. Which does make me think about how some people do do this all the time. Like I see people on the bus like always sending messages like back and forth. That's how they communicate. And it's not something I've done before because weirdly like the ability to read the message and then just walk away and come back to it is re somewhat reassuring. Also, I think I had my finger over the microphone that whole time. Dang it. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? I think, I think more poems would be good, but then I could just go start Googling, right? Like, I guess the value, if you were to give me poems, would be to give poems that you appreciate. In that sense, it's like a specific angle into the poetry world, which is good. Probably need to listen to more podcasts or read. Just read more. Just read. Full stop. One thing I do think about is the fact that I'm fairly an unfeeling individual, which I realised 
with my current thesis of what poetry is, words that make you feel, is very difficult because then how do you test it yourself if you're unfeeling? But for if you don't feel as much, then I tend to notice more of the structure, content, you know, origins, all of those features of the poetry more so than focusing on the outcome. But is it even achieving that point or is that just my reading of it? Is any reading of a poem invalid? I'm just figuring it out. Send, send me poems. Send me poems. Maybe, maybe this little, this little inconspicuous, you know, furry creature sitting in my periphery, kind of just, you know, um, meowing every now and then. If I continue to feed it, it'll turn into something like a dog-sized lion the, on the the gates to some New York building. Um, that will be more important or prominent in my life than it currently is. I don't know. I'm killing time before I put the carrots in. Also, uh, I don't know what I've got planned for this weekend. Are you, do you want to go for another walk sometime? What, what are you doing? What, how, how are you feeling? Do you finally have stuff organized for those roovers and being under them apart from the same one? I feel like the thing is just finding that one poem that convinces you that all the associated bullshit is worth your time and energy. Uh, yeah, or, or maybe, you know, maybe there's no need for uh, expending energy at all. Maybe it's, just, maybe it's just a nice thing. Maybe it could just be a nice thing. But yeah, you've you've poked the bear now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send you another poem. I'm gonna go home and find a poem. Try not to obsess too much about trying to find the perfect poet. Okay, so I massively overthought that and uh, took down about six poetry books, and um, I've just gone back to my my first choice. Uh, it's a poem called Lucky that she wrote. For her partner Andy and I um, I sent this to Matthew after I chatted to him um, he seemed to like it there's a damp melancholy to tang poetry that smudges the lovely jade precision I love Walt Whitman's spunky company but under his bardic whistling I can hear his lonely heart howling at the turned back of some deaf rough trade so many poets starve in the cold fairy spaces between their frostbitten ears. How lucky I am to hear you, darling, coming up the stairs to smell the coffee floating ahead of you, like my favourite incense. Okay, Google, what is Tang poetry? Google asked me what to calculate 10% of. Obviously, it doesn't appreciate poetry. Um, I'm just walking to the office, right? And I saw this guy... Dressed in full Woody from Toy Story get-up. Like, with a hat and everything. This is not a kid. <laughs> like a full-grown man. I... I mean, it was amazing. And I just had to tell someone. He wasn't alone, by the way. That makes it sound really creepy. I don't know if it helps that he wasn't alone. Anyway. That was the start to my day. Um, also highly aware of how self-indulgent and inefficient it would be to just send you poems one by one. But I have just got to the office and I do have here 
300 Tang poems that my dad gave me. Maybe there's something good in here. Hmm. Okay, I found one that I like. This is a guy called Wang Wei and a poem called Our Farewell. We dismounted, shared wine. Where are you going? I asked. My dreams are shattered, he said. I'm retiring to South Mountain. Ask no more. And off he went. White clouds drift on forever. It's pretty sad. They're all, they're all pretty uniformly sad. I feel bad that I've never actually opened this book properly. The lonely cartoon cowboy walking with friends. Seems a little mad for Wednesday morning. But everything's mad around these parts lately. Maybe there's a snake in my boots. If a filmmaker finishes the film, releases it, and then a little while later isn't happy with it, they can't very well change too much of it. They can re-edit it, or they can renounce it, or they can colour grade it, I guess. But the actors have grown up, the world has moved on. It's, to reproduce it or edit it or change it is difficult. Same would be for a sculptor or an artist. I mean, it's possible, and they do recreations of a single instance of art, and then there's installation art that changes with every in in instance of it. But for Van Gogh to be like, actually, I'm going to change, add some dots to the Starry Night, the logistics there of grabbing it, bringing it back, and then working on it, it just isn't a dumb thing. But poetry, that's, that's words, right? I mean, I'm not, not tr to speak down for the... For the um, not to speak ill of what poetry is, but because it's just words, surely poets have the ability to re-release poems. And that may be a thing that I'm totally ignorant of, but why isn't every poem that just like listed with a version number? Because forever you have the ability to go back and edit it. I mean, sure, in, someone has it in a bit of paper or it's printed or you know, inscribed in some stone somewhere. That's a specific instance or a version of it. But there's nothing stopping someone from, like, if you're hosting it online or listing it somewhere that can be updated, doing so, thus refining it over time. Which makes me want to take the poems that I start to write, chuck them online and label a V1 on there with the intention that I'll just keep updating it, changing walking with friends to moseying with mates in version two, because that's just a better poem, I feel. Or rather, it's what I feel is an improvement or what I want the poem to be in a later iteration but preserving the history of it, like kind of like a, a GitHub version history for a piece of software. Is that crazy? Has anyone done that before? Like legitimately opened everyone up to every single version of a poem over time? And sorry if that's sacrilegious, suggesting that poetry has a level of, a degree of, you know, um, mutability that other art forms don't. But rather I see that as a benefit, like, you might think, no, 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 I'm locking it in, this is it, you know, when is art finished and all that kind of thing. But this is an inherent benefit for it to be something that is just words, right? There isn't any overhead, there isn't any, uh, like, costs or, or, or other production issues that would require to amend or update or improve or just change what something originally was. I mean, it was, but accept it as that, and then, I don't know, just a thought that I have. When I sent that first poem to you, I just wrote it and then sent it to you. I didn't even uh, reread. And then in that episode, uh, congratulations, by the way, for the 150th episode. But you talked about like proofing and then the methods like of the, was like removing every 10th word or backwards or rewriting and stuff, which is cool. But it does, like, in my mind, it's like there's so little cost in just putting it out and then accepting that it's going to keep getting better. 
right? I mean, maybe you open yourself up to like uh, input from external factors that are not you and therefore perhaps muddying the waters of what is your poem versus the poem with feedback. But I guess any feedback process will uh, leave imprints of the people you pass it around on, right? That it's not going to be the result of you and your little ecosystem. But this way you kind of like open up the doors and kind of even open up possibilities to yourself as well. I don't know, it just feels honest. Um, Sunday afternoon? Sunday sometime? Saturday's chock block for me. Let's go for a walk. Uh, so you, you're right. Like, you could do a GitHub version of a poem. I wouldn't because I hate my first drafts and I don't know, there's kind of this, like, story, myth, idea that you should leave poems for just a long time like I think I've heard of a poet who had like a 10-year rule um <laughs> it's not a very efficient way to make art um yeah so so you could do it that way and, and you know definitely there probably are poets who do it that way online that I'm not aware of I think what what concretizes it is when you print a book you kill some trees you can't move the words. But there are famous examples of poets who did not care about the fact that they'd already printed a version and they went on to, like you say, denounce or revise. Uh, Walt Whitman's book, Leaves of Grass, famously has like, I don't know, quite, like quite a few versions of it. Um, and then there's this Auden poem September 1, 1939, which I've been thinking about a bit recently because it's all like, oh, the world's going to shit. Um, and it has this line in it, we must love one another or die. And uh, I'm lifting this from somebody's blog post. I, I have not done very much, re much research. Uh, I'm just trying to remind myself because this is one of the many things I've learned and then forgotten. Um, so we must love one another or die. Apparently then he was like, this poem is, quote, trash, which he is ashamed to have written. Didn't want the poem in any future collection. Eventually came around to it, but he changed the line, we must love one another and die. Does that seem precious and finicky or, like, deeply significant to you? Like, I guess essentially he's going from love will save us to love won't save us. Uh, I, I think that's it. I think that's it. September the 1st, 1939. I sit in one of the dives on 52nd Street, uncertain and afraid as the clever hopes expire of a low, dishonest decade. Waves of anger and fear circulate over the bright and darkened lands of the earth, obsessing our private lives. The unmentionable odor of death offends the September night. Accurate scholarship can unearth the whole offense from Luther until now that has driven a culture mad. I and the public know what all school children learn. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. 
Exiles to Thucydides knew all that a speech can say about democracy and what dictators do. The elderly rubbish they talk to an apathetic grave, analyzed all in his book, the enlightenment driven away, the habit forming pain, mismanagement. And...